Hey folks, it's Mike from Profiling Evil. I've been studying criminal behavior for more than 40 years, and one of my favorite research tools is Truthfinder. It's online, and you're not going to believe the information stored there. So if you want to know more about that new neighbor, your babysitter, or your online date, give Truthfinder a try. I'm including a special link below with special discount pricing, but you got to click the link and enter Evil 10 at checkout. Now, we're an affiliate, which means we get a small commission, but you can cancel at any time. Hi everybody, it's Mike from Profiling Evil, and I'm really excited to announce that we've converted 20 episodes of the Academy series for audio podcast, and they're all available now on your favorite podcast platform. Now, I hope that you'll subscribe so that you get all the notifications when other podcasts are released. And don't forget to check us out on the World Wide Web at ProfilingEvil.com. And folks, if you like YouTube, visit Profiling Evil and make sure you're hitting that like and subscribe button. Now, our purpose in releasing these podcasts is to edutain you. Edutain means we really want to entertain you just enough to be able to teach you a few principles about the criminal justice system criminal investigations, and profiling. And I think you're going to find these episodes to be useful as you go about your own amateur crime sleuthing. So let's jump into today's discussion after this word from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Mike from Profiling Evil. I've been studying criminal behavior for more than 40 years, and one of my favorite research tools is Truthfinder. It's online, and you're not going to believe the information stored there. So if you want to know more about that new neighbor, your babysitter, or your next online date, give Truthfinder a try. I'm including a link below with special discount pricing. you got to click the link to get it, and then enter Evil 10 at checkout. We're an affiliate, which means we get a small commission, enough to buy a small diet Dr. Pepper, but you can cancel at any time. Thanks for listening today. When Richard Ramirez painted a pentagram on the wall of one of his victim's homes, it was no different than Picasso signing the Weeping Woman painting. I mean, are these quirky things that you see at crime scenes a signature of the predator? Or do they just make sense and provide the offender with the assurance that they will successfully escape prosecution? Let's talk about modus operandi and signature. Welcome back to Profiling Evil. If you're new to the channel, thanks for joining. And thanks to my university students and longtime channel members. Welcome back. And thanks for your support. Either way, folks, I hope you'll take a minute, hit the like and subscribe button. Now let's talk profiling. Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, terrorized California residents during the mid-1980s. This killer terrorized more than 30 people killing 13. He was convicted in another five attempted murders. Criminologists have wondered for years if he committed more murders. Chances are that he did, and the crimes were never linked to the killer. This segment's going to explore the difference between modus operandi, it's called MO on TV and other places, and signature. Simply said, M.O. are those actions that are taken by an offender to successfully commit a crime. 
It's things like using the concealment of night, disabling security cameras, or wearing gloves to reduce the risk of leaving fingerprints behind. Signatures are those goofy things that an offender does that often don't make sense to us, but they make perfect sense to the predator. Like a dog marking its territory, predators are often compelled to do strange things to memorialize the event. It could be something as simple as taking an object from the victim or leaving something behind. Well, that's a little bit on signature. Now, let's explore these phenomena a little more closely, starting with MO or modus operandi. MO will point to an offender's practical actions during the commission of a crime, and they can reveal clues about the criminal's experience, skill level, and motivation for the crime. These actions can be very dynamic, and they actually will be modified as the criminal learns from each crime. There are three purposes of modus operandi, and students of this segment should consider the way that the suspect first approached the victim or the location of the crime as they think this through. Now, this information may be uncovered by questioning the victim of the crime. For those in the true crime community, you and me, our access to this information is somewhat limited, and it may be just things that we pick up as we read the paper listen to the news, or socialize through the true crime community social media accounts. Now, when the crime is a property-related crime, such as a burglary or theft, your information may also come from examining the crime scene. Modus operandi could be formulated as part of an opportunity, a a pre-planned event, where there's a blitz-style attack or a deceptive approach, often called a con. When the victim is a person and not a piece of property, you might discover more about the offender by examining the behaviors leading up to the crime, rather than focusing on the gruesome details of the assault alone. Now, both are very important. If the offender approached the victim in a legitimate circumstance, Was there deception or trickery involved? Think about Ted Bundy and the way that he would approach some of his victims. Do you recall how he would fake injuries or express the need for help from someone? He'd use that to disarm them. Well, then when they least expected it, he would violently attack him and gain control over that individual. Bundy's style causes me to reflect back on the Capitol Hills rapist case in Salt Lake City, Utah. This predator's common attack style was an immediate physical attack, a, a, a blitz that overwhelmed and usually resulted in complete compliance by the victims. This rapist would surveil his victims for weeks, sometimes months. Once he had enough familiarity with their habits, and in my opinion, once his fantasies and his sick emotional foreplay were no longer good enough, he would quickly assault them as they entered their homes. Brandishing a knife and working with blinding speed, he would subdue his victims and then assault them. Now, let's discuss the deceptive approach as part of this modus operandi. In these circumstances, the offender would likely pose as an authority figure, a business person, for instance, 
An example might be even a fraudulent modeling agency that photographs potential victims with the claim that they're going to promote them. During the photo shoot, the perpetrator would become more deviant in his modeling requests and in some cases may even forcibly assault the victim. Other examples of this may be the offering of a ride, interviews for employment, money, treats, implied family emergencies or illnesses. Convicted serial rapist Michael Blake Jensen often used his position as a fire marshal to forcibly assault his victims. His favorite targets? Single or divorced mothers whose children were suspected of arson events. He would offer to walk away and forget the case if the woman would just have an interlude with him, a tactic that later proved to have worked many, many times. If the suspect initiates contact with the victim by means of a surprise, it's important to determine what the type of approach was that was used. Did the suspect lie in wait outside of a building or perhaps were they inside? Was the suspect waiting in a vehicle or did the suspect surprise the victim while they were sleeping? If the suspect began with immediate physical force, what was the manner of the force? Threats, hands, weapons, you know, what was used? Was the victim choked, stabbed, shot, those kinds of things? Most of these tactics would fit into the category of MO, modus operandi. So I want to repeat my simple definition of what modus operandi is. It's that behavior which is considered necessary to successfully complete the crime and avoid detection. Signature, on the other hand, is behavior that goes beyond the actions necessary to successfully commit a crime. It, too, can tell us a great deal about the offender's identity. When an offender goes beyond the actions necessary to perpetrate a crime, his signature is reflected, demonstrating an expression of ritual based on the offender's fantasy. Unlike M.O., the core of an offender's signature will not change. It can, however, evolve because of interruptions or unexpected victim responses that don't match the fantasy. A signature crime exhibits characteristics that point to certain criminals. Now think of Richard Ramirez's pentagrams. These aspects, behaviors, or characteristics are indicative of the offender's personality and their fantasies. They fulfill a psychological need and, unlike M.O., don't change very often. Well, I hope this segment helps you better understand M.O., modus operandi, and signature. It should help you better understand how important it is in the overall investigation, and it'll help you better understand other principles that we're discussing here in the Profiling Evil Academy. Well, hey, folks, I'm pausing to share some concerns I have surrounding identity theft and fraud. I've learned a lot from our partner, Ara. They're the pros at protecting people from cyber predators. Aura provides identity theft protection, credit and fraud protection, and online and device security for you and your family. 
They taught me to think twice before answering those online questionnaires designed to steal our personal information. You know, it must be working because U.S. statistics show that 33% of us have been victimized by identity theft at an annual cost of more than $56 billion each year. Aura protection plans come with around-the-clock support, a money-back guarantee, and a million-dollar theft policy. But here's the best part. You can try Aura for free by clicking on this special Profiling Evil link in the description down below. When you do, we get a small commission. But think about it. You insure your car and you insure your house. Don't you think it's time to insure your identity? Now let's get back to today's discussion. Well, thanks for listening to Profiling Evil Podcast, Season 1 and 2 of the Academy Series. We've bundled these episodes together for people like you who want to really binge listen. If there are some of you out there who want to space it out, you figure out the schedule and go to them as you can. Well, hey folks, listening to true crime stories can really trigger negative feelings and thoughts in some people. So if you or someone you know is experiencing trauma as a result of crime, please reach out to your medical or your mental health provider and get some help. And if you've been victimized, call your local police agency and ask for help. Hey, thanks so much for supporting Profiling Evil. I hope you'll consider joining our channel memberships over on YouTube. It's a place where you can provide us a little more support. As a channel member, you'll get more information a little more quickly, and uh, you'll be a part of the team that's helping us grow. And if you'd like to donate to Profiling Evil, you can always do so through PayPal or by visiting our website at profilingevil.com and look for the little donate button. The Profiling Evil podcast series is created by the Profiling Evil Network, and the information contained in it is copyrighted. So don't copy or reuse it without getting our permission. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon at the next crime scene. Hey folks, it's Mike from Profiling Evil. I've been studying criminal behavior for more than 40 years, and one of my favorite research tools is Truthfinder. It's online, and you're not going to believe the information stored there. So if you want to know more about that new neighbor, your babysitter, or your online date, give Truthfinder a try. I'm including a special link below with special discount pricing, but you got to click the link and enter Evil 10 at checkout. Now, we're an affiliate, which means we get a small commission, but you can cancel at any time.